my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. Uh, this is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. Uh, this is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, a minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. If you'd like to make uh, any comments today, if you'd like any of your questions answered, you can text me direct at 0438066635. That's 0438066635. And we'll try our best to add you to our program. Our theme for this week is truth in the age of fake news. And our big questions, can truth exist in an age of fake news? How do the scriptures speak of end time religion? Don't all religions lead to the same end? That's tomorrow. Isn't it arrogant to say Jesus is the only way? That's on Thursday. And what does just Jesus really mean? That we're looking at on Friday. Our co-host today is Eric Hoare. Eric's a recently retired pastor of the Adelaide Aboriginals Seventh-day Adventist Church. Eric, it's great to have you back with us again today. Good to be here, Gary. Great to be here. Is it cold out your way? Freezing. Freezing. I was expecting it to warm up. The sun did pop out a few times. But then it just started drizzling again. So, yep, we're going through. So, this did you all. do your walk today? Uh, actually, I had a. <laughs> I didn't this morning. I normally run each morning, but not this morning. I had a had to go and drop my son off somewhere, so I missed it this morning. You're a very brave man because I know that uh, I normally walk each day, but probably for the last uh, three or four weeks, I've sort of thought, hey, this uh, this uh, weather is not all that conducive to uh, uh, to walking out there. Well, I'm so small, Gary. I think I, the drops miss me. So yeah, I get a lot more <laughs> drops on me when I walk out there, don't I? Yeah, um, uh, Eric. Now tell us. I, I understand that this last uh, last weekend, your church recommenced uh, worship again for the uh, uh, for the very first time since COVID was around. Yeah, first time in about three or four months I think it was so yep we decided we worked out the number that could be there which was up to 20 mm-hmm. uh, up there at Birdwood and uh, yep we all gathered and it was i tell you it was uh, such a fresh year to be back I really really enjoyed it I you know, I, I was asked to go and, and, and sort of take Sabbath school prelims, and uh, I've got to admit, Gary, uh, I've got to be honest with you, I kind of hesitated for a moment when I thought back to where, how I used to wear my pyjamas and have a hot cuppa uh, watching online, uh, and then I thought, no, I'll do it, and I'll go, and i tell you what, when I got there, and the whole day was a blessing. It was wonderful to see everybody in the flesh, face to face. You get zoomed out, you know, it was just a, such a wonderful time. Yeah, so I know. I know at our church, I didn't actually preach. We just allowed people to share. We had a sharing time, and it was absolutely marvelous. We had uh, uh, about about eight people just said, "Hey, look, we'd love to be able to share." And we had people sharing stories about the way the Lord had led, and we had people sharing stories about how they had been touched. And you know, this was an incredibly powerful time, and I, I felt richly blessed myself. And I went home saying, "Hey, it was good to be able to come back and worship with God's people today." I thought it was really. 
really some, something great. Mm. But, you know, I just picked up some um, uh, today, just looking at our, um, our world religious trends, I, <laughs> some more research. Um, new research is suggesting we're living in historically unhappy times. Now, this, I love this, uh, uh, this particular bit of, uh, bit of research. It came off the Smithsonian site. A tool that analyzes tweets and a study from the University of Chicago uh, have shown that American happiness, and of course this is an American study, has reached new lows in the recent weeks. I'm not sure if this would apply in Australia or not. I'd like to think that it doesn't. But, you know, I didn't realize there was a, such a thing as a head-on-ometer, a head-ometer, a head-ometer. Uh, you know, this, uh, this contraption apparently has been around for quite some time. I didn't actually know about it. But this head-ometer is something that actually measures people's responses on uh, uh, on Twitter and uh, if they're that they're good um, uh, good responses if they're positive responses that gets measured if they're negative responses they get that goes down and what uh, what this tool has been saying is that in most in the most recent times we've achieved the lowest possible we've never had more unhappy times than a, than what this meter is actually showing. In fact, I just uh, looking at the meter right now. Uh, I I was uh, I was really interested to watch the way it spikes regularly at uh, New Year's Eve. That's always a real high one. Valentine's Day it just goes it just goes through the roof. It's wonderful to see uh, these days. But you know there is a graph. It goes up and down. It jumps around a little bit it it flows it ebbs but you know it tends to go down when there's a bombing when there's a terrorist attack i was interested that it dropped particularly low on the election of uh, of donald trump uh, i found that uh, to be particularly insightful but even lower than that is the twitter responses that have been coming through in just uh, the last few weeks protests against police brutality pushed it again to an even lower level in the uh, article on the Smithsonian Institute, uh, this is what the article said. The cycle of news regarding police brutality as, um, has you feeling low. If that's the case, you're not alone, researchers say. Two pieces of research released this week suggest that Americans are experiencing an historic period of unhappiness. In an interview, uh, researchers uh, described the two weeks following May 26 as the saddest ever on Twitter. The researchers noticed a large sustained drop in happiness on English language Twitter in mid-March as the COVID-19 pandemic started to intensify in the United States. Then on May 25, the Minneapolis police officer killed George Floyd, sparking protests against police brutality in every state and triggering a flood of activism and online anger. But the headometer's results align with other studies of well-being over time, including recently released data conducted by the University of Chicago. 
This survey of 2,200 adults in early May found that Americans are the unhappiest they've been in nearly five decades. This this is remarkable. Um, researcher Eric, Eric, tell me something. What is it that makes you feel a happy, fulfilled, complete? You know, all that sort of stuff. Well, Gary, I think the things that I hold dear to my life uh, is the things that keep me buoyant and happy and stable. I like, I love humour. And uh, therefore, I, I try to be positive and try and look at humour and everything. But I, I think basically, you know, it's it's having a stable Christian life. It's being in touch with the Lord and and uh, and having a program through the week that is meaningful and, 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 you know, have a routine. Like if I miss my run, I don't feel right, you know. Mm, if I mm. if I don't see my family, I don't feel right. It's keeping the things that you love dear around you because, you know, the older you get – I mean, I know some people who won't even watch the news yeah, because yeah. it's so sad and it gets them down. Do you know also, Pastor Gary, that last year, $634 million Australian dollars was lost through fraud for people trying to, you know, earn money or even through uh, trying to find happiness through um, dating online and, and, yeah, and being yeah, duped? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that uh, 634 million? That's huge, isn't it? Yeah, and so people are, um, are looking to the world to, to give them happiness, but they've got to find it. They've got to have it themselves, you know. They can't yeah. rely on the world to find that happiness. Do you, do you think that there's danger with allowing, I suppose, the external stuff to dictate our mood? Because what I'm so conscious of here is I look at this uh, headometer's uh, results. It's sort of the external stuff of uh, uh, New Year's Eve. Um, everyone's mood goes up, Valentine's Day, the mood goes up. Uh, election of Donald Trump, the, the mood goes down. Yeah. Uh, there's a mass shooting, the mood goes down. Um, you know, as I look at this, to what extent are we allowing the external activities, uh, the external stuff out there to dictate uh, the moods that we're, uh, oh, we're experiencing? Definitely, I think that's one of the big things. I think many, many people rely on the things like that. Like, for instance, Christmas Day, they look forward so much to that. And in fact, the, the credit cards, the, the amount of spending on a credit card just for that yeah, one day, yeah. and then when it's over and they've got to pay it all back, and then there's a, I bet you on this, uh, this uh, gauge here, I bet it goes right down after that because if you rely on something just one something like the boost it's over very quickly it goes yeah, quick yeah. so relying on these things is false it's 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 not good you got to it's got to be a stable thing where you can you know generate happiness within yourself and within the lord I believe. It, it really does yeah. emphasize to me the importance yeah. of yeah. Uh, relationship you it know this does, is yeah. it, it sort of seems that those who are involved in relationship and we've got we're talking yes family relationship i know that that's not possible for everybody mm. but you know i'm so conscious that even a church, for example, yep. gives people the opportunity to actually have relationship with others. Yes. You know, people who are involved in volunteer activities, they become involved in relationship and they tend to be happier people because they're actually people who are actually able to, to, to give to their community and they're not uh, focusing on so much that's actually happening in our world that unfortunately at this point in time appears to be incredibly negative. That's right. And the day of rest is so important in all this. You know, just to have that rest, that time to recuperate and just, just rest with your family or with friends. 
like-minded people, as you say, just helps you keep on that level balance, uh, you know, ready to face a new week. Yeah, sure. I, I think actually you bring a really good point up there, Eric, because mm-hmm. that day of rest is key. The key thing about a day of rest is actually relationship. Mm-hmm. You actually have the ability to spend time with your God, but mm-hmm. you also have time to spend time with other people, your family, mm-hmm. uh, those who are near and dear to you. You're able to say, hey, I'm putting down all the stuff and the junk mm-hmm. and I'm going to to spend time in, you know, I'm going to go go and do a walk with mm. uh, with you guys. I'm going to be able to just spend have dinner together. We're going to sit down and have dinner and uh, and just share together. And to me, as I look at that, I say, hey, if that doesn't build happiness, yeah, um, what what else can? We quite enjoyed it on on uh, going back to church again, and you know, we're not having church lunches, but each one of us bought our own soup and and sat in the hall distanced ourselves a little bit <laughs> but uh, we still enjoyed you know still enjoyed their company and it was wonder- lovely yeah lovely yeah 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 no it's wonderful to be, to be reunited again mm. let's come to some music this is bill and gloria gaither uh, this is this could be the dawning and until then please enjoy
Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Pastor Gary. Our co-host today is Eric Hoare. Eric's the recently retired pastor of the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. And our big question for today, uh, how do the scriptures speak of end time, speak of truth in the end time era? It was uh, it was just uh, a few days ago. I uh, I stumbled upon some uh, some material that uh, really jumped out at me. The article was entitled "Deep Fakes Are Going to Wreak Havoc on Society, and We Are Not Prepared." It seems there's so much that we're not prepared for right now. But here's another one: Deep Fakes. What are deep fakes? It occurred in America. It was during the screening of the documentary series "The Last Dance." The State Farm debuted a TV commercial that has become one of the most widely discussed ads in America in recent memory. It appeared to show footage from 1998 of an analyst making shockingly accurate position uh, predictions about the year 2020. As it turned out, the clip was not genuine. It was generated using cutting-edge artificial intelligence. The commercial surprised, amused and delighted the viewers. What viewers should have felt, though, the article says, was deep concern. The State Farm ad was a benign example of an important and dangerous new phenomenon in artificial intelligence, deep fakes. Deep fake technology enables anyone with a computer and an internet connection to create realistic looking photos and videos of people saying and doing things that they did not actually say or do. While impressive, today's deep fake technology is still not quite to parity with authentic video footage. By looking closely, it's typically possible to tell that a video has actually been a a deep fake. But the technology is improving at a breathtaking place. Uh, Experts predict that deep fakes will be indistinguishable from real images before too much longer. It doesn't require too much imagination to grasp the harm that could be done if entire populations can be shown fabricated videos that they believe are real. Imagine a deep fake, a footage of a politician engaging in bribery or sexual assault right before an election, or of soldiers committing atrocities against civilians overseas, or of a president or prime minister declaring to launch nuclear weapons against North Korea. In a world where even some uncertainty exists as to whether such clips are authentic, the consequences could be catastrophic. Given the stakes, US lawmakers have begun to pay attention. Just listen to this. In the old days, if you wanted to threaten the United States, you needed 10 aircraft carriers, nuclear weapons, long-range missiles, US Senator Marco Rubio said recently. Today, all you need is the ability to produce a very realistic fake video that could undermine our elections, that could throw our country into an internal crisis and weaken us deeply. People are already, and here's the crunch, people are already using the fact that deep fakes exist to discredit genuine video evidence, said a professor at uh, USC. Even though 
there's footage of you doing or saying something, you can then say it was a deep fake. It's actually very hard, he said, to prove otherwise. In a world in which seeing is no longer believing, the ability for a large community to agree on what is true, much less to engage in constructive dialogue about it, suddenly seems incredibly precarious. Now, Eric... The article, um, the article says, you know, talks about these, these deep fakes. Now, do the scriptures have anything to say about the development of deep fakes in the end time religious world? We're talking about truth this week, but what does the scriptures say about deep fakes in the religious world at the end times? Does it say anything? Well, the Bible has a lot to say about uh, deception at the end of time. In fact, the Bible talks about uh, this deception increasing because there was deception back in Christ's time, and the disciples uh, fought against that as well. So there's a lot there. Uh, in fact, the disciples, in fact, Jesus um, answered the disciples when they asked a question, and it's found in uh, Matthew uh, 24, 3 and 4. It says, uh, Now, as uh, Jesus sat on the mountain, of olives the disciples came to him privately saying when will these things be Jesus had talked about the destruction of Jerusalem about the temple uh, and they were curious uh, and what will be the sign of your coming at the end of age and he said to them take heed that no one deceives you so this is amazing that Jesus would bring this up first because then he gives other signs. He talks about wars, but the first thing ahead of all the wars and everything, he talks about deception. And deception means to cause, to accept as true or valid what is false or invalid. That's that's actually really significant actually here, Eric, because what I'm conscious of is that you know the disciples are sitting privately with Jesus. You know, if, if you or me were having a private discussion with Christ, what sort of questions would you actually ask? Yeah. You know, this is what the disciples have got. They've got the privilege of having this private discussion. And they bring up this question of the end times. You see, apparently the interest in the end times is just as high in Christ's day as what it actually is today. Yes, because the disciples thought that the destruction of Jerusalem would be the end of the age and then the Messiah would come. Mm. So this is why they're asking. In fact, if you look at Mark 13, it says it wasn't all the disciples there sitting privately. It, 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 Mark 13 names them. It says, now as he sat on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John and Andrew asked him privately. Four mm. of them. There were four mm. disciples there. So they had come as a little group. Uh, just to get this information but he actually carried on because it says here that um, in verse 5 it says that many will come in my name saying I am the Christ and will deceive many so it seems to me as though what he's saying here that there's going to be a lot of lying and deceit in the last days there'll be a lot of confusion in the world and this is what we see happening today what is truth what isn't truth I mean we can come from different backgrounds and when we read scriptures by the way we've been brought up traditionally or maybe in a church or outside the church 
uh, we see the scriptures and we try to fit in our pattern of thinking, but there is a truth in here. Yeah. And then yeah. what's happened is, uh, I think what the what Jesus is saying that there will some that will come in a religious form, but listen, uh, it it there will be a lot of mistruth. Uh, you know, the thing is with deception, uh, something that's going to look like truth has to be close to it, like a counterfeit yeah. almost. Yeah. So yeah. it's got to run close to it. Yeah. This, I think, is a, is a really powerful and important point because Christ actually starts by talking about this issue of deception. He moves on. In fact, if we look at Matthew 24, and I think you're going actually going to do this because mm. further in, on in that uh, chapter, he actually brings up this same terminology again. But I think it's really important for us to understand what deception actually is. And I, I think the, the definition you made was an excellent definition. You know, one of the things that I'm conscious of is that throughout my life, there's been a number of times when I've been uh, deceived um, and uh, you know I suppose I think of one occasion I I actually went to uh, to an auction and uh, one of my one of my hobbies Eric is going to auctions I love going to auctions so, I, I I love being able to put up my hand and bid and uh, to me there's an, a level of excitement there and I do appreciate that I won't remember going along to uh, uh, to one particular auction and I was actually wanting to get a um, a hedge a hedge trimmer um, I into I didn't have one at that particular point in time. I needed one in my life. My lawn was getting overgrown, and the picture that was on the on the bulletin showed me, and it said operating. Um, well, I thought. It was. I actually hadn't read everything that it said. I have to admit that I saw it at the last at the last minute. I I saw the picture come up on the screen, and I thought, ah, that looks a good one. So I went and bid and won that. I got it for a very very good price. All the other silly people they had bought the other ones at more than twice the price <laughs> that what I had paid. But then I I discovered that when I was given it, it actually had been used for parts i had fig- i had i felt totally deceived because i was re- i had received something that i had been i'd been expecting to get a operating uh, whippersnipper in fact what i got was one that had been used for parts mm. um uh, do you know eric um I think that it's really important that we understand what deception actually is. Yes, and Christ here. Um, I mean, this is the name of Christ. He says, you know, they will come. They will come in my name, saying, "I am the Christ," and will deceive many. Mm. So here we're looking at the character of Christ. Yeah, they will. You know, this is going to be someone that people will believe. Now he's talking to the Christian world. He's talking yeah. to disciples. Yeah. He's not talking to the world being deceived. He's actually talking to the the very elect, if you like, yeah. Christian people. Yeah, and so he's saying that. That even, this, this deception will even have the character you can believe somebody because you believe them. Yeah. You can believe in something. Yeah. And so this is the, the struggle that he's saying it's going to become more and more evil towards the end of time. Yeah. Watch out for that, yeah. you and I. This is actually a warning, isn't it? Mm. You know, he's talking about, you know, we talk in our political world today about these things called deep fakes. Yep. But you know, Christ, back in the in the um, early in the first millennium, is saying, watch out guys, because you're going to get something even in the religious world. In fact, let's go to, there's some other texts there in Matthew 24 as well. Do you want to share those with us, Eric? Yeah. 24.11 says, for false Christs and false prophets will arise 
and great signs and wonders to deceive, even possible. Uh, this this is going along a bit further. If possible, even the elect. You know, these signs and wonders. Um, many, many false prophets shall rise. It's interesting to me, you know. Um, I, I, since I, was, I sort of studied more into this, I suddenly realised, you know, can can the devil bring up, you know, signs and wonders? Can the devil perform miracles? And the devil cannot perform miracles. I, I thought in my mind that he did. I, I've always thought that, but he can't because only the Messiah, only the he can do miracles. What the what the devil can perform is signs and wonders, deception, because miracles means to, to bring about a miraculous happening that is actually good for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the devil cannot pr- produce it. He cannot produce good. So he brings signs and wonders, which is a deception into people but believing. But it's still a supernatural thing, isn't it's it? It's a supernatural thing for sure. But it's it's different. It brings harm and deception. Um, it says even even the elect, you know, and uh, even in First John four one, many antichrists, many false teachers, false prophets. There's going to be a lot of them. In fact, Second Timothy four three to five says, "For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine." Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, they will not yeah. put up with sound doctrine because it doesn't sound right to them. Yeah. And what, and what Timothy's actually, of course, Timothy is the last book of the Bible hmm. that, well, the last book that the great uh, apostle Paul actually wrote. The last book of the Bible, of course, is, is Revelation. But um, this is the last book that um, uh, that Paul actually wrote. After this, he, he goes to his execution and he's talking to Timothy. And it's the last thing that he he's talking about. And what he talks about is this end time religious world. And just just read that again to us, yeah. uh, to us, uh, Eric. He says, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths but you keep your head up in all situations endure hardship do the work an evangelist discharge all the duties of your ministry so what it's saying here is is that the truth will become uh, so um, you know when you accept something and it's exciting and it's new and you hold on to it, it's like when you meet your wife and you fall in love, mm. you, you know, you want to know more. And then if something happens and you start to wander away, you don't want to be around that person. Well, this is what it's saying. It says you don't want to be around truth. You don't want to hear the truth because the truth is now going against what you're actually doing. And you put, then you start to put people around you that actually, know, you know, agree with you. And this is what it's talking about here. And it, it's a great shame that the truth of the Bible in the last days will be lost. It also says in Second Peter one to three, uh, there will also be false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who brought them. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a that's a, that's to me, this is in the religious world. Yeah, I mean, this to yeah. me sounds satanic, like a satanic order, but it's not. It's actually within the churches. This is uh, this is huge because what it means is that we actually live in a, a very pluralistic world at the moment, where there's, um, I suppose, many paths one heaven. It doesn't matter too much anymore what you believe because we're all going to end up supposedly at the one place. And we're going to come back to this in just a moment. But you know, to me, t- 
Timothy. Mm. Uh, I, I love what uh, Paul says to Timothy. Mm. Uh, know this: in the last days, perilous times will come. And I, you know, I would have thought that perilous times would have related to Paul's day. You know, Paul was shipwrecked three or four times. He was flogged. He was stoned. If I was Paul, I would have been saying, "Hey, my day is perilous." But here, that's not what he actually says. He says, "In the last days, it's when perilous times will come." Mm. But in verse 7 of uh, chapter 3, 2 Timothy, he says this, These people are always learning and never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. Mm. Now, to me, how true is that for the world in which we're actually living today? Yeah. You know, it's, you know, there seems to be a huge, um, uh, uh, pictures painted everywhere, but they go nowhere. Mm. Well, if you look in, in today and in, in the day we live, where uh, many in the Christian world do not believe in creation anymore. You know, it weakens the whole structure. I mean, this, these are the, the sound truths of the Bible. The, the behavior patterns in the Bible, they, they don't want to do that. You know, like Second Peter uh, 1 to 3 um, says, chapter 1 verse 3, it says this, many will follow their depraved contact, conduct and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. Mm. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with fabricated stories that many will believe. So yeah. it's to do with our conduct because we can read the scriptures and, and, and find truth, but unless we apply that truth into our lives, it's meaningless, yeah. absolutely meaningless. Yeah. And yeah. so when the two are tied together, um, this is what keeps us stable and happy is to, is to understand the Bible and to follow what the Bible is say not fabricated stories by people that are being led away because they're charismatic yeah yeah and and there is so much I'm conscious of you know cherry picking I call it in our contemporary world today where you know the scriptures are good the scriptures talk about this particular item therefore it is highlighted but other things which the scriptures um, speak about I actually and speak very strongly about we we actually never mention and to me that is a real travesty when that occurs and this is what's what, what's actually being spoken about in the scripture because we're getting this picture developing of um, in, in Matthew 24 if we just go mm. back back there again yeah. you get uh, many false prophets mm. will rise up and deceive many now what's a false prophet well a false prophet of course is a person who is a spokesperson on behalf of God mm. this is a person who speaks as though it were on behalf of God and what Christ is saying is that there will be false prophets that will rise up and deceive many. Deceive. If I am deceived, I actually don't know what is going on. You know, if I know what's going on, then Scripture calls me willingly ignorant. Mm. But that's not the word that's actually applied here. The word is actually deceived. Now, a person who is deceived doesn't know what's going on. And you find the same thing in down in verse 24 of Matthew 24. Uh, For false Christs and false prophets will rise up and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the very elect. Now, here's this word again. This is a repetitious word that seems to be coming out in the New Testament, and it's actually referring to our day. That's right. And, you know, we're talking here about um, deception and worship as well as, as ourselves. I really like Second Thessalonians 2, where it says in there, it says, Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. 
He will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped, so that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. Mm. So this is the religious order. This is uh, how much within churches today is actually been proclaimed as truth that isn't actually scriptural. Yeah, yeah, That's the yeah. challenge today for you and me. Yeah. Do we listen to the pastor and accept that fully, or do we do we you know do things ring bells, warning bells in our mind, and say, hey, we need to check this out, you know, and just just look at that, you know? Well, it's interesting. You know, Christ actually uses a parable back in Matthew. He talks yeah. about wolves in sheep's yeah. clothing. Now yeah. we uh, we could uh, talk about and we could say that hey, you know, these are deep fakes, you know, and. In other words, what we've got are, are wolves that have somehow been able to dress themselves up as though uh, they're actually sheep. And, uh, you know, when I look at that, I say, hey, it appears that the problem that we've got today with the, with the deep fakes is something that Christ is actually warning about in his day of what's going to happen in our day. And to me, as I look at this, I'm saying, hey, this is something that I need to pick up on. This is something I need to, to really uh, really consider because I think that what it's saying is that all that is in the religious world is not actually as it seems. Mm, that's right. And, you know, I think that there are, like you Pastor Gary, there are things in the Bible here that I've learned so much from that I hold dear and I understand when you line up all those texts that when you hear something that is said or at a funeral, something that is different to what is taught about, for instance, the state of the dead, I know what the scriptures say. And that gives me joy because I know, I know the, tr- you know, what's happening there. Yeah. And that's yeah. so important because if you haven't got those foundations in your life, then we can easily be um, deceived. I remember one time, um, when uh, I was, we were studying with uh, a man who um, who had just started studying the Bible, and uh, I don't know whether I've shared this with you before, but uh, he he was abused by his dad, and uh, he he found it hard with the commandment to honour your father and mother, and uh, he said, "Oh, Eric," he said, "I uh, I can't accept this one. Uh, my dad abused me and everything." So we, we were going through this when. Uh, he said, look, I'll go and I'll go and see Dad. I, I, I will I'll, I will go and see him. So he went and saw him. And the following week at Bible study, I said, how did it go? And he said, look, oh, he said, I found it so hard, you know. Um, uh, but I still got to see him. And I still feel the hurt, but at least I got to see him and, and talk to him. About a month later, um, his father was drinking and he, he, he died. He had a heart attack and died. And uh, he was actually in his car and he had actually gassed himself. Mm. And um, he, the man was telling me this and he said he, he went to the funeral and he took his father's car home and um, he uh, that night he couldn't sleep and he could hear um, steps going up and down the uh, the hallway and the, the room was you know so cold he said uh, he even tried to light the stove and mm. the place wouldn't warm up but he could hear these footsteps and he could smell alcohol um, you know and that's what his father had been drinking and um, so anybody would have been deceived that this was somebody returning from the dead you know mm. into his house mm. but he knew the scriptures we'd studied this very topic and he knew that the dead know nothing that they're in the grave till Jesus comes and he he stood there he said in the hallway and he said if you're not of Christ he said go and he said instantly he said the smell of the alcohol disappeared he said the house heated up immediately and the footsteps stopped 
and he said everything was at peace and he said yeah. he knew because he wasn't deceived yeah yeah and i think the beauty of this uh, eric is what what you're telling us is that within the scriptures you know the scriptures teach the truth will make you free and we talked about this this a little bit yesterday but you know the thing i love about the word of god is that it's almost a formula there more truth equals more freedom you know it's when i discover the truth about the nature of man in death that suddenly i get a freedom to you know i i, I have i can have peace mm. because i know what is actually occurring because it's been revealed you know when when i understand the truth of salvation you know there's amazing peace that comes there you know mm. the truth will make you free you know the more truth i have the more freedom that i have why is it that i want uh why is it that i want um a truth because I want freedom. I want my people. I want my community. I want my family to know and understand what freedom really is. But in order to have freedom, you've got to have truth first because that is what the scriptures actually teach. And this is what the devil is doing. You know, he, he doesn't want you to be free. He wants to keep you in the burden. He wants you in his control. So therefore, you've got a battle going on with, within each one of us. And, you know, Matthew uh, seven twenty one to 23, says this which is very um, this one here is a challenge to it all it says not everyone who says to me Lord Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven but only the one who does the will of my Father, his and heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Mm. Now that's a challenge for us all. Yeah, I, I believe this text, I actually call this text probably the most um, fearful text in the entire scriptures because mm. to me here what we've got is believers because these people are calling Christ Lord, Lord, and of course the person who calls Christ Lord is actually a believer, so it's mm. referring to believers, but these believers have apparently been able to work miracles, they've been able to cast out demons they've been able to, you know, they've mm. seen yeah. the supernatural things actually work, mm. and yet Christ in the last day, according to uh, Matthew chapter 7 here, says that um, in the last day he says, I never knew you. Now, to me, that's huge, we need to dig into that text, and you know, what exactly is that saying, uh, because I think there's a huge warning for us here today, um, particularly um, those uh, those religions who rely on the supernatural. Yes, that's right. But he, he goes on in this verse, the very next thing he kind of answers, he says, um, he says to his hearers, in vain you call me master unless you do the things which I say. And then Jesus talks about building your house, your life, on the foundation of the rock mm-hmm. compared to building it on the sand. Mm. So that's the key, isn't it? To build our foundation on the rock through scripture gives us the solid platform where we are not deceived. But if we start to believe the fables, if we start to believe men, men's writings or their charismatic ways over what the scriptures say, we start to put one foot in that sand. Mm. And before you know it, it can be slowly subtle. Before you know it, you're you're completely in that sand. Yeah, yeah, and that's what it's talking about here. I think you're right. Yes. Mm. Yeah. No. Thank you for that, Eric. Because I think w- th- this passage in Matthew seven is actually. 
actually um, cover so much. This is actually part of the beautiful uh, Sermon on the Mount. We, I, I love, everyone loves the Sermon on the Mount. But Matthew 7 is one of those uh, passages that I, I suggest is often um, overlooked or read through very quickly. You know, Christ talks about, firstly, a narrow way. He talks about there's two ways to the kingdom. There's a broad way and a narrow way. And he says on the broad way, most people are going to go, but there's a very there's a narrow way where few there be and few that are actually going to find it. Then he starts to to, to talk about this uh, uh, this group that were even believers who in the last day are going to actually find that well they're not accepted by Christ mm-hmm. uh, and this to me and again we come back uh, to me the significant portion of this particular text is this not everyone who says to me Lord Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven and then comes the key part but he who does the will of my father in heaven apparently this text links um, the uh, entry to the kingdom to having a relationship with Christ and doing the will of my Father in heaven. And, of course, that's the purpose of Scripture, to actually reveal the will of my Father in heaven. Mm. Um, And that's why we continually come back to the Mm. Word of God as being of such a key relevance for the day and age in which we're living today. That's right. I fully believe in the Word of God, as you do, Gary, and that the words as the power in the words change us. And as long as we um, allow that to change our lives from the inside out, to be born again, to have a changed heart that we will follow him, then then we're building on that rock that he's talking about. To do the will of God is to do the work of God, you know. Um, And by sharing, by sharing, we grow in strength. But if we start, like we said the other week when you said that not many Christians, young Christians, they want to go out and share, it's by sharing that you build your faith. When you see the Holy Spirit working in your life, Mm. that gives Mm. you strength as well. So all these things of a Christian, um, the makeup of a Christian, uh, it builds the muscles of faith. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Eric, let's come to some music. I really appreciate Fountain View Academy. This is a beautiful uh, music group, and uh, they're they're singing uh, Sound Sound the Battle Cry.
Mountain View is a is a wonderful um, music group that uh, that shares traditional uh, music in a new and contemporary manner. Uh, really appreciated that. That's Fountain View Academy and Orchestra and Singers. You can find it online. Uh, sound the battle cry. Uh, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big Q and A with Pastor Gary, our co-host today is Eric Hoare. Eric's the recently retired pastor of the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh Day Adventist Church. And our big question that we're talking about today: How do the scriptures speak of truth in the end time era? Eric, bring bring it all together. Our time is starting to run away uh, from us. Uh, share with us again. Well, there's two texts, uh, Gary, that I think we need to, everybody, the listeners plus us, need to take uh, advice from from the Bible. And it's uh, 1 John 4, 1 is the first one. It says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So, you know, it says don't listen to every single thing that comes your way. I've had many people who I've studied with say, oh, you know, I had this feeling or this led me to do this or I saw this horoscope and it tells me this. The Bible says, Jesus says, don't go there. He says, if someone tries to deceive you, even to say that Christ is over there, don't go there. Don't yeah, do don't even yeah, look into it. Yeah, don't yeah. even think about it. It's yeah. basically, but don't, you'll, you'll soon disappear into that mess. And the second one is, how can we test them? To the law and the testimony, if they do not speak according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. Isaiah 8.20. We must compare everything with the word of the God. So we've got to not believe every spirit, not believe every whim, not believe the things of this world or or anything that comes our way that, that we might get caught up in. He says, don't even think about it. Don't even go over there. And then it says, how can we test them? You test them with the, what the law, what the Bible mm. says. And if it doesn't speak according to the word, then it says we, that, you know, we shouldn't be there. There is no light in it. Yeah. And just like today, we've got these deep fakes, you know, yeah. videos being uh, developed of people saying and doing things that they haven't actually said and done. There are actually in the religious world people who are presenting material that Christ himself would not approve of, mm. that the scriptures do not teach. There is, I suggest, deep fakes, and there has been for a long time, deep mm. fakes in the religious world, just as there are these deep fake videos are actually being developed right uh, right now. But, Eric, let me just come to one more, just more practical question, if I can. You know, we live in an incredibly pluralistic world. Um, you know, that many paths lead to one heaven is a, is a foundational belief in our world. But is there a difference between living in a pluralistic world and accepting a pluralistic view of truth? Hmm. Well, there's a lot of grey areas around, you know, and I I truly believe that uh, the truth, if we study scripture and you read something, you might get something out of it that, that I might have different. I mean, we can have different views to it. And we come from different backgrounds and even culture uh, decide, you know, can, can determine how we sort of, you know, look at these uh, these things of truths of the Bible. But the whole thing is there are central truths. And what happens is we, we can add to Scripture or we can take away. Mm, mm. And the thing is, 
to have that steady path, because as you said, it's a narrow path, and we have to have that central theme to hang on to. And the thing that reveals whether we're on track with Christ or not is actually Christ said it himself. He says, how do I know you're one of my disciples if you love one another, if you show the characteristics of what I of, of my life? And that's what we're revealing. The Antichrist, the one who comes to deceive, will show the traits. He may fool it for a while, but then he shows his true colors when, he get, when anybody mm. gets angry. Mm. So therefore, by knowing him, we know and have confidence in the one who's leading us. Yeah. We must yeah. be able to recognize and differentiate between the one who's trying to lead us astray and say, no, I'm not going there. For instance, we've got a funeral coming up this week. And a lady has now been caught up in despair and instead of turning to God, she's turned to drink and now she's ended up in jail and lost her way because of a tragedy. Where do we go when something goes wrong? You know, we need yeah, to be able yeah, to stand yeah. on that solid ground. Yeah. You know, Eric, I, I appreciate what you're saying there. I, I'm i so conscious that I live in an amazingly pluralistic world, you know, and I, um, in most areas... I rejoice incredibly that I live in a pluralistic world. Mm. You know, I I love being able to have the diversity of ethnicities uh, that are actually in our world. You know, I, I love being able to go to different restaurants from from different nationalities. Mm. You know, Australia is so blessed yeah. to actually have people, and that is plurality. That is, uh, if you like, a uh, a pluralistic society, and that's mm. a wonderful thing. Mm. But you know, Eric. The the thing that I suppose uh, that I um, that I think we have to be very careful about is when that um, when pluralism starts to impact truth. Mm. When I start to say there are many paths to one heaven, mm. it doesn't matter too much what I believe because you know at that point what it does is it opens up not just truth but it opens up a great amount of error. And you know one of the things I'm so conscious of in the world in which we're living today is that some things are blatantly wrong. Mm. You know. It, it, it's not there are many different options there are some things that are just silly and and the sad thing about it is is that when you're caught up in in this path in the wrong path you you you're it's like you're in darkness you cannot see it yeah. you think you're going the right yeah. way yeah. but you can be going the wrong way so yeah. it always always comes back down to this the comes back to the word of god doesn't it it does it does yeah mm-hmm. eric would you pray for us just as we finish off sure Our dear Heavenly Father, it's such a privilege to come into prayer tonight. We want to thank you for Jesus. We want to thank you for our Messiah. We want to thank you for our God, our great God, who loves us all so much. And we thank you, Lord, that you've given us your word. Uh, You've given us your life. You've given us life. And we thank you for that. But, Lord, we live in a time, Lord, which is coming to an end. We see uh, the signs around us that tell us that you are coming soon. And Lord, we live in times we never thought we'd see. But uh, one of these signs in the Bible is deception, that many will be led astray, that there'll be many who will not see the truth and cling to them. They may, uh, they may move away from the things they once believed. Lord, we pray that each one of us will come back to your word, that we'll find that first love, that love in our lives that led you so much to you that we'll let you just come into our lives, Lord, and change us from the inside out, that we may show to others that we're indeed followers of you because of we show the characteristics of our loving God. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord, we uh, pray for those that are caught up in error and deception today. 
we pray for those who who follow and uh, go into spiritualism and other things other spirits lord there is only one true god a living god and that is jesus christ so just bless every listener today lord may each one of us in our journey read the word may it keep on changing us until jesus comes again soon we pray in jesus name Amen. 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 Well, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Eric Hoare on Drive Time Big Q and A. Please join us tomorrow when we ask uh, when we ask is deception uh, is all going to be part of end time religion. If you'd like to have your questions answered, you can text me at 0438-066-635. Really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. Please enjoy Christian Bedal. Find us faithful. We're pilgrims on the journey of the narrow road And those who've gone before us line the way Cheering on the faithful, encouraging the weary Their lives a stirring testament to God's sustaining grace Surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses Let us run the race not only for the prize But as those who've gone before us Let us leave to those behind us The heritage of faithfulness Passed on through God